We're the Pragmatic Doulas. This is a podcast where we talk all about birth and other interesting things. Birth may be a goddess, but she doesn't want to be worshipped. She wants to be respected. She doesn't want incense. She wants common sense. Hello. Hello. Good morning. It might not be morning. For you, oh, but it's morning yeah, for us. We said that last week. Yeah. <laughs> you could be listening to this in the middle of the night. Yes. But it's morning for us. August 1st, lovely summer morning. So, um, What happened in July? I know. It passed by in a blaze of humidity. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. I barely remember Canada Day. Right? Either. Yeah, it seems like it was last week that we went to my sister's trailer for Canada Day. Mm-hmm. It really does feel like July flew by. You've been working a lot? Yeah, that was my crazy birth season, June and July. And so now it's over. So August, I'm suspecting, will crawl. That's good, though. Like a a blobby wet slug all the way through (laughs) the month. Yeah. Yeah. And you're eating. I'm eating from Costa's Bakery. Before we got Cordy's Bakery. Mm -hmm. Today, Costa's Bakery sucked me in at Warden and Ellesmere there. So if you're around, go to Costa's and get... Their tzatziki, which I also brought, and their cornets. Or actually get anything from the bakery. It's all good. Yep. Yeah. They have, um, my mom always gets their, goes to their meat. She always gets their meat. Mm-hmm. Warden and Ellesmere? Yeah. Warden and Ellesmere on the up the hill. southwest side. South. Or the Black West. Horn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. I will consider that. But I am not going to indulge in, uh, Cornet today. Mm-hmm. You you can tell your reason why, but here's mine. I've got one really good, solid, righteous reason, and one petty, shallow, vain. <laughs> Please share both. Well, first of all, I'm diabetic. <laughs> that's never stopped you before. What the hell? Today, today, that's my reason. That's my righteous reason for not eating that because. Um, I'm I'm trying to. I've got my doctor's appointment in a week and a half. Oh shit! Okay. And, uh, <laughs> I'm figuring this last week of being really really good is going to bring my A1C down. <laughs> you won't get mad at me. Um, so there's that. So health, right? Mm-hmm. And then also my son's getting married in January, and it's like a not really a destination wedding because he lives in Asia, so the wedding is going to be in the Philippines, and I need to. Uh, look good in a nice dress. <laughs> my ex-husband and his new wife is going to be there. And her whole family that I've never met before is going to be there. And yeah, I, you know, want to not be Chris's fat mom <laughs> at the wedding. I don't think that's possible for you, but okay. Well, let me tell you. Want me to take it all off right here? You'll see for yourself what I'm talking about. So, no cornets for me today. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Why, why are you not having any? I'm two pounds from my... This is the point when I'm when I'm looking to... And again, it's not necessarily about losing weight. I just use this as a guide. Um, I'm two pounds from my first goal. And this is where I always get where I fuck up and go, Yeah, fuck, fuck it. it. Let's just eat everything in sight. And then I'm back the 10 pounds where I was before. Or 12 or 15 or however high I'm going to go the next time. So this time around, no. Like I've got to, and as I said, so 
This weekend is Ribfest in Scarborough. Mm-hmm. Rib That's right. Ribfest. And the okay. fair is there. Uh, fuck the fair. I need to go and <laughs> eat all ribs. the meat and all the ribs and the bloomin' onion and all of that meat. Yeah. Um, so you've got your fest planned out. I've got my... And, and it's I've got not, my, doesn't start today. My treats will happen like Sunday, Monday, mm-hmm. um, maybe starting Friday. We're having a garage sale this weekend. So in my home, as you have noticed, <laughs> I have a shit ton of <laughs> shit. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Kim's daycare is leaving the building. It really is, actually. Um, it's funny. Every time I pulled something out, I'm like, look, guys, this is why you're smart. You want to know why you're smart? I'm why you're smart. Because we played with all of these stuff. Yeah. All these letters and all these numbers and all these books. That Niagara Falls Canada puzzle looks pretty much fun. It mm. is. Mm. Hi. Yes. Okay. 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 I like your mug collection too. Yeah. Oh, my kids are making me. So you see on the board over there. So we have a we have a board of a schedule for the week, and you'll see on Wednesday we are making signs. So Will made the signs. My lovely artist son made mm-hmm. the signs. And dash mugs. So my kids want me to get, get rid, rid of, of my some of your mugs. mugs because I oh. have a mug obsession. Well, at least you'll make some money off of them. My kids want me to get rid of some of my mugs. They just break them. Oh. <laughs> they just accidentally break them. Oh, if yeah. my kids did that, I think I'd cry. They, they did break yeah. one. Um, broke the handle off, but I don't think he did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, we're having a garage sale and... I'm glad it's I'm not going the only to one be who's... the major stress of my life. I'm purging 20 years worth of crap out of my home. That's pretty damn impressive. In the crawl space. That's very impressive. I didn't realize. I mean, I knew the crawl space was big. It's literally in the basement, half the house. Like, it's yeah. fucking yeah, huge. That's and a there's lot. 20 years worth of crap in there. Mm-hmm. So, at the risk of, you know, causing some ire, um, <laughs> my husband was a pack horse and he just kept organized hoarder he just kept oh we'll use this again and put it in the crawl space there's so much bullshit in there it's not even funny (laughs) if you had a dollar for every time you said we'd use this again i would have so much money right Mm -hmm. now yes you would so but i'm glad i'm not the only passive aggressive one who breaks shit that you don't want in the house i have to be completely honest i do that all the time oh mostly at christmas time um oh oh like bad (laughs) gifts oh no 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 My, my husband... Note to self, is, just yes. return gift that you bought. <laughs> no, my husband has... Um, he likes things to look a certain way, like mm-hmm. aesthetically. Mm-hmm. And so he loves a themed tree. I married one of those too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a themed tree. <laughs> so cute. So, like, colors no. and things kind of to glaze across where I have almost every childhood ornament I made, my sister made, the yeah. kids made, oh, stuff God, that was yeah, just on my tree. That's my tree. That's the nice kind of tree like, I like, too. It's like, you know, historic memories tree. barfed on yes. top of yes. it. Yes. yes. I want that's the memory the barf tree. tree. That's yeah. my thing. But every year, he and my mom get to shopping for Christmas stuff and come home with, like, lots of lovely stuff. But often they involve glass balls. Oh, shit. Now, we have dogs, mm-hmm. and we, at for a time, we had toddlers. Mm-hmm. So that, I noticed one day that... Um, Pepper ran under the tree and knocked a couple balls off, and they broke. I thought, well, isn't that handy? Mm-hmm. So I just stopped <laughs> blocking the tree from the dogs and the toddlers. <laughs> and and then every once in a while, I'd walk by and graze the tree, and some your hip would, your fall would off. take one out. Yeah, <laughs> and so we don't have, we have maybe two glass balls right now, and we're back to the family memory barf on the tree. It yes. just, it's got to go. So, I Roger, 
This is why. This is what I don't understand. New insight, Roger. So when you go, why do you go shopping for Christmas things? Don't you just have a basement full of Christmas things? Yeah, why do more isn't things? Isn't that like, the way that people do it? Isn't yeah, that normal like, life? The yeah. stuff that's out there in stores for Christmas is for people that don't already have Christmas things. Isn't mm-hmm. that the way it works? No, or I am I confused? People, no, I have a lot of people who <clears throat> do theme trees. Oh, so like no. each year there's a different yeah, I color know a lot coordination of people who and do stuff. theme trees also. And I, we used to also have tons and tons of Christmas things that the kids made, that even I made, my sister made. But... Um, when my husband and I separated, somehow a lot of that stuff got disappeared. Oh no. Yeah. So yeah, it's a a source of heartbreak for me every Christmas when I open up the bin and I don't see, I remember, where's that thing? And I'm looking for this one little thing and it's not there. And I realized, oh, it's one of the things that got disappeared. Disappeared. And he doesn't have them because he doesn't do Christmas trees at all. So it's not like he has them. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know where they are and it's, it's really... I have a paper chain mm-hmm. from when I was in kindergarten. A paper chain, chain. and it's it is, paper. Yeah, it's cardboard. Cardboard. It's cardboard construction paper. Construction paper. Okay. It's purple. Well, it's faded purple and like a little bit of green. A couple green ones on the end. My brother insists that he made it. Fuck that shit. Oh, I made that let me tell chain. You, family fight, fight, fight. Exactly. <laughs> so that's what Christmas is for. So it goes on the top of the tree. So at the top of the tree is all the. Why are we talking about Christmas? The top of the tree is all the special ones. So the one for my dad, the one for my grandparents, um, the paper chain. Like the precious ones go at the top, so animals and toddlers wouldn't get uh-huh. to them. Uh-huh. And then all the crap goes at the bottom. Crazy. What is Christmas crap? Just out of curiosity. Oh, just like again, the like, stuff you just bought from re- Walmart. Yeah, that like, kind of thing to filler, filler. Well, the tinsel and the stuff the kids oh, okay. made, and yeah. yeah, sorry, kids, the crap. <laughs> their you, their the, stuff is crap. The crap you but, made. But when they grow up and leave and have their own trees, that stuff will now become treasure. Yeah, oh, precious for treasure. Sure. <laughs> and I mean, it, and it is. My mom thought that our stuff was crap too. <laughs> we put on the Christmas tree a paper chain. All yeah. right. Yeah, and now it's like, yeah. oh, precious. So well, we, that's how it goes. We told the story of you know paper chain, the paper chain story, and my daughter was like, oh, I'm gonna make a paper chain. So she made this. So she has a paper chain on there that she made when she was really little. Mm-hmm. So and at that point, I'm like. Baby, put your name on it. Put your name on yeah. it. Put your name on because it. Because you have two on brothers. Because you two brothers are yes. going to tell you they made it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Enough okay. of Christmas. It's fucking August. Enough yeah. Christmas talk. And also, I just wanted to say before we start, I don't mean to fat shame other people. Oh. <laughs> just because I would like to lose weight and not be the fat mom. That's me. I'm allowed to want to be whatever size I want. And it's not You're this allowed size. to want to stick it to your ex That's right. I'm allowed to awesome. do that too. And also, the, in my situation, not everybody's, my size and the, the weight that I'm at absolutely 100% affects my health. Yep. And I know that that's not everybody's story. And I just want to say that so that people oh, yeah. don't write us in. And shake their finger at us and school us on body positivity and all that. that. I love myself. Not that anybody would. I know, because you guys are way too nice. You guys are way too awesome. But what if, like, somebody just started listening and they're like, oh, my God. No, I got to tell them all of this stuff. I enjoy this padding. Thank you very much. I do. I think I will. I'll miss it. But it it can, it can, it can go. I'm trying, I'm trying to lose weight for, um, 
my hamstring and my knees. Like my mom just had knee surgery and you know, like with each pound of weight you lose, it's eight pounds of pressure taken off your knees. So I don't want to. Did the osteopath say that? No, I've known that for a while. I mean, Um, I remember my family doctor telling me that when I was, well, I was fucking postpartum. I just had a kid, but, you know, bringing up. So yeah, let's talk about your weight two weeks in. Exactly. You don't feel bad enough. As my tits grow up under my arms, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so for me, it's it's how I feel. Yes. Um, because I am feeling, I have been feeling a bit shitty lately with my legs and my hamstring yeah. and things like that, and fucking car accidents and all this stuff. So I'm like, and my, your job and my job, like, yes, I, it, being a doula is physical. physical. Yes. And it is way easier when you're in shape. Oh, and, or younger. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. Yeah, I could stay this size if I could just shave off 20 years yeah, off yeah. of my age. Easily. That would help. But that's not going to happen. So in as much as I have some control, then I'm not going to eat the cornets. That's right. Uh, yeah. What did you say? Sorry, you have... This. You have... <laughs> you can leave it. I'll eat it later. But I'm not <laughs> eating it tonight. Um, what did you say? You have... You have the power to put what's in... What did you say? Oh, as a grown-ass woman, yeah. you get to decide what does and does not go in your mouth. Exactly. Food and 100%. 100%. Do whatever that happens whatever to be. That is. That's yes. All right, let's leave it at that. Let's leave it at that. Thanks, Costas. Yeah. No, I love Costas, actually. Mm-hmm. All right. So, we are tackling a slightly heavy topic today mm-hmm. um, in... Sorry, I'm burping too, only I'm mine is like not coming directly out of my nose. That was like, a burp? Yes. I thought you exhaled. <laughs> you're, I'm you're, a little bit gassy today for some your, reason. Your burp standards are different from ours. <laughs> Extremely <laughs> different. <laughs> All right, so on July 24th uh, in Toronto Life magazine, there's an article written by Michael Lista mm-hmm. uh, called A Doctor's Deception. For 30 years, Paul Schuen was one of the city's most respected obstetricians. Then his nurses noticed something unusual about the way he delivered babies, a story of greed, betrayal, and medical misconduct. So we're going to talk about this, and we're going to talk about informed consent. Mm-hmm. Does anybody want to start? I have something to say, but... Well, maybe we should sort of go a little bit through the actual facts <coughs> of the story first so that people right. who are... which will be a lot of people right. unfamiliar with this particular hospital doctor and the <clears throat> whole situation that went down with him. What's his first name again? Paul. Paul, Paul. Paul figures. Um, so there is a <laughs> Paul, 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 Paul Shun yeah. is a, uh, obstetrician was, was an a OBGYN, an OBGYN mm-hmm. in uh, Toronto. Uh, he's been, he had been one for 30 years. Yeah. Uh, and final stint was in North York General Hospital. A long stint. Oh, he was, yeah, there. was there. That was his stint. Oh, he was, was he there the whole he time? He was there yeah. for 30, 30 years. Yeah. So that's a long established career at any hospital. Any OB that's worked at any hospital for 30 years, you're firmly and in there. You're established. extremely well respected. And well respected, well um, sought after. Yep. People talked about how they would line up like his mm-hmm. prenatal clinics were jammed all the time with people. They didn't care. They would be on wait list just to get him as their doctor. Yep. That's the part that blows my mind that he was so sought after. 
And he did breech birth too. That was a very large part of it. Yeah, when breech birth was just starting to. Yes, I remember talking about Northrop General Hospital as being one of the places to go if, if, if having a vaginal breech birth was something that you were considering and you needed support around that. That that was the place to go. Yeah, because he was one of the doctors who would not only take on take you on for care, but he would show up on call for you. Yes, if you're being yes. breached, so that if you went spun the, again, this was part of the thing that was supported, or that made him supportive before all of the rumors and things started. Yes, um, was that he was not one of the doctors who insisted you be induced mm-hmm. for your breach yeah. right. so that he was there and so, on yeah, call so he could be there he, he would literally go on call for you mm-hmm. um to and then teach whomever was on call that day uh if the client was okay with it invite them in to watch a hands-off breach yeah and uh <clears throat> that, so he not only set himself up as the one person the go-to person for this but he also was interested in teaching other physicians passing that knowledge knowledge on and this Mm -hmm. is a this is good stuff this is important stuff and so this was a reputation that he built around himself Mm -hmm. which makes everything else just that more i'm very sorry is that you yeah can you just turn the ringer off sorry about that guys it's my my other phone (laughs) oh that's right you're a dealer i keep forgetting sorry my, my backup stuff my, my side gig. Oh, I just hung up on them. When <laughs> it's a slide, it means I you're answering. It. I slid it, and then I, because I couldn't find where to, here. It's an iPhone. You don't know what you're doing. No, I do not. Oh, you're on the cord. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Technical difficulties. All right. There we go. So, Paul Schuett. <laughs> yeah, that, that's where we were. Mm-hmm. But yes, he built that. He built the the welcoming people into the space to learn breach, um, the to ask questions. And this is all well before um, all of any, shit, of, the, any all of the chaos. <clears throat> so the shift that we're talking about is that he uh, is accused of... Um, he is guilty He's of. guilty he, He's totally confessed. Uh, do, it's all out there. Oh, he's confessed. Oh, yes. yes. He's okay. So we, I don't it, need so. to use the word alleged. No, you do okay. not. Okay. Yeah. okay. He can't come sue you now. No, it's okay. Phew. Um, so of inducing... His patients without their consent. Yep. In inserting cervidil. Yeah. No, without misoprostol. Oh shit! So one yeah. fateful day, and it happened twice. It happened more than twice. It, it was many only times. It was only twice in one day, and then the nurse decided to keep, keep the tablet it. the one time. Yes. So it was nurses who, who discovered this. Blew the whistle. Found uh, remnants mm-hmm. of the misoprostol. Mm-hmm. Yep inside the cervix or the vagina of one of the patients and was like what is this what is this that's in there and kept it mm-hmm. because well, it wasn't the first originally time originally thrown it away and yes, then yes, after it was in the garbage after to, talking to another nurse she said, went into it. the garbage to go yeah. get it yeah and probably because it wasn't the first time that something no. unusual had been found in some patient's vagina yeah well, and it was there... his patient was yeah, there had been reports of it before, but it was the nurse's word against his word. Right. right. So he had been, I think, part of, the, he is the scapegoat here. He is He's the one who chose these actions. He's the one who perpetrated these actions. He's the one who put misoprostol in women on Fridays so that when he was on call, Friday night and Saturdays, yes. he would attend. He would earn two to $300 more per birth. Yeah. 
That's it. Two to three hundred dollars. That's it. But how many women, we've all had obstetricians or known obstetricians, how many women did he see on Friday who were term? That is what drove the nurses and the staff crazy. Why all of a sudden, when he was on, on duty, did all of his clients come his, in? How, his clients. Correct. Yeah. So it's that's how he had double the amount of clients and births yeah. to send yeah. to Health Canada to OHIP to bill. Yeah. Because they were all coming in after he had put misoprostol in them in the office. Yeah. And I mean, for, for our American listeners, of which there are so many. <laughs> yeah, actually, surprisingly. Um, <clears throat> the way it's set up, doctors have a, physicians have a cap. OBs have a cap as to how many deliveries they, it's the same they can sort bill of for. with midwives. Yeah, that they can bill for um, annually. So that works out to a certain number of births per month, obviously. Yeah. And that, I'm assuming, is to cut down on burnout. For uh, doctors, that's for patient safety. For sure. So you don't want people just at the hospital doing 100 births a month because humanly that's just not possible to do that in a safe way. And so there's a cap. And to cut down on planned births? Yes, cut, cut down, down on, on inductions? inductions and yeah. so on. Yeah, so there are many, many reasons why there is this cap. He decided, this. so this whole thing was carefully orchestrated by him because he knew the system and he worked it to his advantage. So uh, doctors get paid a little bit more. What did you say? Like two, two, two three hundred dollars more. When it's their patient on the weekend. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, you get more, more for on deliveries weekend. on, on the, the weekend. weekend. So that's why he had when they analyzed the statistics of all of his births, they saw this ridiculous, um, not possible trend. by coincidence trend where he had so many births on the weekend mm -hmm. and um because you know the in the part that dr barrett another well-respected doctor at northrop general was head of the committee the investigating committee and spoke to him he said it's impossible that this person could have this yeah. amount of births on the weekend just by coincidence oh no. it just happened that way uh no no that was manipulation and just for that amount of money and he yeah, also like, went above his cap. That's not a lot, a lot. That's not a lot of a money lot more. when you consider, <clears throat> like, what's being charged for births in the United States. Like, I could, when I read this, I'm like, wow, that's that's got to be an American thing. But, I mean, yeah. we're not talking hundreds of well, thousands Well, he also went over his cap. It yes, wasn't just well the weekend births. He also went over his cap. This Ooh. is the part that bothers me the most, because <clears throat> is there not oversight? Is there not somebody... So the the person who is doing supposedly doing the oversight was also sp spoken about in the article and, and praised and all that, but part of me is thinking, so if I'm in charge of you guys and you're only supposed to do fifty births a month and you're only supposed to do fifty and you're already heading towards seventy five by the time we hit the middle of the month, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna say stop, no more, and I'm yeah. gonna make you stop. Yeah, I'm gonna drop the because the rules are to, there for a reason. Yeah, and the hospital itself has to not schedule you for those for right. the next. So it was four within weeks. the hospital's control to yeah. stop him from doing that many births, and they didn't. Mm -hmm. And it was more than once more than twice, mm -hmm. that he was spoken to about his patient cap. I mean, maybe I'm missing something because I don't have all the insights into the OB world at a big hospital. Right. I, yes. I acknowledge that. But from the outside, it seems like your, your, your support people, your supervisors, have the authority to say, that's it. You're, you've almost doubled your cap, so you can't attend any more births until the first of next month. 
Do you Why think didn't it anybody might have say been that? a money thing for the hospital itself if they keep having that many people coming? Like, mm-hmm. was he a draw for people birthing at that hospital? Absolutely. He probably was. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. He was. He probably was a really big draw, but there would have been other people there to do those births too, mm-hmm. wouldn't there? Mm-hmm. But people, they have other doctors. Women having him attend their birth then reinforces the fact that he attends his people and mm-hmm. he does this and he does that and <clears> the <throat> reputation continues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a lot is often overlooked too. Like many people that you meet who are particularly brilliant at what they do often have quirks of character. Yeah. Yes. And I think a lot was swept under the rug mm-hmm. based on the things we are reading now mm-hmm. and finding to be absolute truths, mm-hmm. including him being indignant at women being in the hospital who are not actively laboring. Mm-hmm. Um when, especially when they are not his client. Yeah. Right? And yeah. then how all of a sudden people would be in labor after seeing him. Also, the, how many people came in, in when they talked about the, breaking down the numbers, how many came in in a, were second-time parents coming in in a precipitous-style labor, mm-hmm. which is so telltale of misoprostol. Yeah. Um, it is not often used here with the exception of um, someone who is having an abortion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or someone who has had a miscarriage or has had a loss and they want to in, induce labor. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is an option here. But, of course, he was bypassing the option, bypassing the conversation. I mean, the amount that was going through his office should have been the amount that was being used. Where was the inventory oversight? Why are we using so much of this? Well, that's we talk about the structural problem here, the flow problem of communication. He was writing his own prescriptions, prescriptions and getting them from the Shoppers Drug Mart within the hospital. That's right. And so I, I appreciate how open the person was, the oversight person who said, I pulled him aside once, I pulled him aside twice. I pulled him aside how many times? And you can mm. tell there was more than those times that they spoke about. Mm-hmm. Being completely open about the fact that he was pulled aside. But it wasn't registered with the... Um, yes, the College of Physicians and, Surge- and Surgeons. Nothing was on his record. On his record. Yeah. No. These are public records. We're so supposed those to are be able to those are oversights. Up. Definitely oversights that contributed to this. I'm like it's I'm, ignorance. It's unsafe. Yes. People yeah. were looking the other way. People were. This is a <coughs> hospital-wide problem. Yeah. So, so he. Um, they spoke in the article about his personal life too, that he had been divorced and that the reason why supposedly that he was doing all of this extra work and trying to get people to quickly hurry up and have your baby kind of thing is because he was having issues with his divorce settlement and cash flow problems, right? However, the amount of money, the amount of extra money, it doesn't wash with a lot of people because the amount of extra money that he was gaining from doing this extra work didn't make any sense to ruin his entire career yeah for that much money and so that's where the rumors come i in. explored reddit oh love reddit good old reddit and all the rumors are on there not just ru- people who wrote in were people who actually were patients of his oh i need to saying that, that yes that he was involved in a lot more of other things besides just uh, misoprostol and inducing people without their consent, which is bad enough. Right. But there was some other stuff going on too. Other he was prescriptions to... he wrote himself yes. at that shopper's drug mart. Mm-hmm. 
was he buddies with the pharmacist? I mean, who was he buddies with? Who who decided to overlook the fact that he was writing himself pain pill prescriptions? Yeah. But the thing is, I mean, there has to. So, what kind of pain? (laughs) Sorry, I don't want to jump to conclusions. What kind of pain pills? Like um, I forget, it's it's in it's in, it's in there. Did I not finish this article? Apparently not. Yeah, it's um, in there about what he was trying to write. It's a very long article. And this is just one. The only one that they covered that they investigated was the Shoppers Drug Mart in North York General Hospital. Mm-hmm. But even if it's an opioid, like I've gone to pick up my mom's Tylenol threes, like it's Tylenol three. Mm-hmm. Um, but they take my picture. Mm-hmm. They take me. They make me sign stuff. I'm on record of picking up hers. I'm on record of picking up my aunt's when she was dying last year. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, where's that oversight as well? Yeah. And he's writing it for himself, a prescription to himself. Yeah. Does that not raise red flags? Yeah. Or is it a little bit of, mm, it's a doctor. That's Mm, He knows what he's doing. But Mm, how long? It's okay. Which tells me... If that's the norm there, he's not the only one doing it. Yeah. Come yeah. So, no. Well, yeah. But he's just the one that got caught. So all the, everybody else is just going to be a little bit more careful, a little bit more shady, you know, refine their techniques a little bit, you know. But again, we can come, we can shit down his neck and it will shit not change the neck. fact <laughs> that That'll be he messy. violated... Yuck. Women. So many. Yes. Yeah. And, and not only in a, not only in pregnancy either. There were other women in there with mm-hmm. other issues because he was also, um, he was a gynecologist an, as well. Uh, oncologist. Uh-huh. Oh, that's a gynecological right. oncologist. oncologist. So women who went to him with gynecological, you know, cancer of the uterus, cancer of the ovaries, and things like that. So there were a couple of people in there who were interviewed and spoke about their mistreatment at his hands and mm-hmm. what he what he did. Some of that is simply, at the end of the day, he did not speak to his patients about the procedures that needed to be done, why they needed to be done, and gotten their consent. Like, it's all laid out there. It's not that he necessarily botched a procedure or did something that he shouldn't have, but his thing was, he didn't care what you thought. He was ignoring your as a autonomy woman, as a As, as a person human. with a uterus who needed your uterus removed or your ovary removed or some kind of treatment for uh, cancer, he didn't care what you thought or what you felt. He just did what he... You were just a body that yeah. he was going to do what he wanted to with. And yes. that is a massive, massive violation. Yeah. I know there were two people who were interviewed, but you know they were... Oh, there's more. tons right. more. There has but to we be. We live in a culture where doctors are gods. Yes. Doctors are gods. And all those other people who blatantly didn't get consent, didn't blatantly didn't give consent, or people who sort of kind of didn't give consent, or people who, you know, maybe I gave consent a little bit, but without the whole picture, all of those people are out there too. Mm-hmm. And they're all just like, oh, well, he was my doctor, so yep. you do what your doctor says. It was only the two people <coughs> whose, whose situations were so obvious and so hurtful that came out and spoke up. But you know there's more. There's always more. And if you look at the timeline, this wasn't a couple of years. This is a decade. Yes. Yeah. This was a decade of rumors, a decade of talk, a decade of it's of his 
how do we hear this all the time? It's his word against yours. Yep. Yeah. And let's be honest, the people who <clears throat> were raising the red flags were our nurses. Mm-hmm. And we're, again, looking at a woman's word against a man's word. But, I mean, yeah. we had, I mean, long, many, many years ago, my dad's, my dad had hip surgery and it was botched. And my dad actually looked into suing his care provider. And the lawyer w- just looked at him and went, Nope, it's not. Yeah. You can try, but it's going to cost you more money. Yes, and nothing's going to come of it. Yeah, because it's way, way too hard to sue a doctor. Absolutely. So even if you did know that, I mean, even if you did realize afterwards that you're like, I was incredibly violated. This did not work. What do you do? What can you do? Because it is, it is a group of. That was a big fan going by with yeah. lots of lots of music playing um but it is it's a boys club it's a it's not even necessarily a boys club but it's it's a club of people yeah. that it's a club look of prestige af- that look after, after themselves because that's the, one of the issues that came up did it come up in that article or did it come up in some of the reddit comments that i was reading about that that's the issue with professions like physicians like the police like other provisions that yeah that police themselves mm-hmm. and that there needs to be independent bodies who operate and i'm kind of i have a, a couple of different thoughts on it i do think that there needs to be a body of professionals like amongst ourselves where we speak to each other about issues within our profession because we best know what it's like to be in the profession the issues that come up within our work and how best to address them but i also feel for public safety for transparency for uh informed consent that there needs to also be something else that mm-hmm. when things that are criminal or borderline criminal especially there's got to be some other independent body made up of consumers mm-hmm. who look into those things there yeah. and we don't have that no so the college or that's their doctors mm-hmm. the doctors talking to each other yeah. about what they're all doing yeah and they really live in an ivory tower, so to speak. But I mean, there has to, I mean, you have to understand and you have, I mean, we talk about this ourselves, you know, don't be a shitty doula because that is going to put you, that's going to put the rest of us in a bad yes. light. Yeah. So don't be a shitty doctor and call your doctor friends on it yeah. by saying, yo, don't do that. Yeah. That's, because that's, that's actually going to affect me. Exactly. And that's going to, that's affected that whole hospital. And you know, at this point, now that this has come out, you know, all your patient, all your clients are going to go, oh, but I heard about this doctor. Oh, but I heard about, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what happens when stuff comes out on the internet and whatnot. You're, oh, but what about the, I don't want them to do anything. I don't want them to touch me. And it's like, okay, I get that. But so let's talk about, how we get informed consent yes let's talk about all the questions we need to ask so that you can feel comfortable with the decision that you as a patient have to make because this kind of thing feeds conspiracy theories oh i mean this this article could easily have been about doulas yes right and then you know what all doulas are garbage yep and it feeds into the notion that a lot of people have that OBs are not to be trusted yeah so see i told you look at this look at this read this about this guy and on the one hand, 
you can't blame people for feeling that way, but no. on the other hand, you can blame them because it, he's one out of tens of thousands of obstetricians out there. Yeah. So people do need to read things with a grain of salt, take all the facts. It's okay, so never, ever, ever go to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if he packs up a shingle somewhere else. That's right. Just <laughs> sorry, that guy's canceled forever yeah. from yeah. all medical things. Everything. And uh, what do you learn? We really need to be a little bit more vigilant about informed consent. You need to keep that at the forefront of your mind. If you're a doula listening or if you're a pregnant parent listening, that's what you get from this. Not that all OBs are scheming, mm -hmm. duplicitous... Motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. No. Because some are amazing. Absolutely. Lifesavers. Uh, what you need to learn from this is that informed consent is absolutely essential not everybody has and i actually say this to my class listen not everybody has your dignity and your rights at the fort at the top of their agenda so you have to have it at the top of your agenda well that's like that client that i talked about before a few weeks ago maybe a few months ago where the resident basically walked in and yes. she said she didn't want a vaginal exam and he said you don't have a choice, choice. yeah Fucker, I do have a choice. So she ended up getting that vaginal exam, even though that isn't what she wanted. Yeah. Because this big man yeah. walked in, and she's this tiny woman, mm -hmm. walked in and said, no, you have to do that. Mm, no, actually, I don't. But where that whole talking to somebody in scrubs with an MD and a stethoscope around their neck and you're like they know what they're supposed to yeah, do yeah it's like when somebody comes to your door with a clipboard you're like get the fuck out <laughs> and they're like can I see your gas bill can you give me this much money can I have access to this and that people say yes because they have a clipboard yeah. it, it automatically elevates their status so a white coat stethoscope around their head and a hospital ID all of a sudden means that you don't have anything to say and that's, and that's <clears> bullshit yeah. That's bullshit. I went through it myself. Like, I talk about this in my class when we talk about informed consent. I had a doctor, my kidney doctor, when I ended up in the hospital with that kidney issue, I ended up getting, because I had I had a kidney guy. Um, what the hell they call it? Urologist. I had a urologist. Nephrologist. And, kidney people. Yeah, he does both. Yes, yeah. Um, and I couldn't remember his name. I couldn't remember my guy's name. <laughs> So I ended, up, guy. I ended up getting the one that was on call and he, honest to God, he damn near killed me. Mm. That procedure that I got that g gave me sepsis mm -hmm. could have killed me. Mm -hmm. But I didn't feel, I tried to talk to him and I tried to ask the questions and he was very dismissive of me. And because I was in so much pain yeah. and I, with that fucking stent that I had for three goddamn months, mm -hmm. I just wanted it over, mm -hmm. and I just accepted that this was this next thing was going to make it over, mm -hmm. and that was not what happened. Yeah, and I feel incredibly violated by all of that. Yeah, but I have like, there's nothing I can do about it now. It's over, and I'm back to my really nice, awesome guy. Mm -hmm. um, but it's very I know I tell people you ask those questions, and I myself couldn't even do it. Even though this is my job, I couldn't do it. She didn't have a kidney doula. I didn't have a kidney doula. That's why. That's and I think right. what's That's concerning what's even more so about that is that now we know 
that you can go to the College of Physicians and Surgeons and they're not going to help you either. No. Because at the end of the day, when this person who wanted to follow up on a med- basically medical malpractice, yeah. criminal, mm-hmm. this is criminal shit, mm-hmm. when he wanted to follow up on this, he got pushback from Schumann's lawyer, he got pushback from the lawyer for the College of Physicians and Surgeons. Yeah. This is public documentation. Yes. Anything yes. that comes up as a tribunal <coughs> and there is an outcome of guilt needs to be disclosed yeah and they had to go through every if they didn't have the money to do so they would not have been able to get access to this information that is key to public safety not and it because removing shoein is not the problem what fed him Mm -hmm. yeah what system created this and allowed it to continue Mm -hmm. that is that has to be it has to be the next step Mm -hmm. this cannot stop at shoein because This was allowed to happen. And the it, rumors went back a decade. Yes. And we need to actually not prevent this from happening again. Because you know he's not the only one. You know, no. 100%. He can't be the only one. And like I said, there are also many, many more people oh, yes. who were violated by him who are not going to say anything because they're questioning whether or not it really was a violation. Yep. It's just like with sexual assault, right? Was it really rape? Because this, this, and this, and this, and you sit there and think, well, I'm not going to go out there yeah, I'm not into the world and have there. somebody else on the outside Tell evaluate me. my actions, my behavior, my everything, mm-hmm. and come to some conclusion that puts me in the wrong. So I'm just going to sit here. Yeah. With whatever happened, and that's it. It's yeah. gone, it's past. Yeah. And I'm okay now. Yeah. And that's it. And that happens over and over yeah. and over again. Yeah. Over and over again. So, you no, know, it's not going to... It has ended here, I bet, for them. I mean... Yes. How do we know? How do we find out if there's going to be any follow-up? If there's going to be any changes put it, in place? How do we know? Well, is the there thing. a way to find out? When, whenever, when there's police involved, if there's an active investigation and you call up and say, I'd like to update on this active investigation, they mm-hmm. say, it's still an active investigation, so we can't, can't give you any details. Yeah. I don't know if the same sentiment is for the College of Physicians and Surgeons. I am curious as to whether or not they're doing an investigation. So if we were to call up and say, can you let us know where you're at on looking into the system that fed into his ability to do this for years and what else is being investigated i don't know if they would have to say there's an active investigation and we can't say anything i mean that even if if that even if they can't say that they're not gonna want to i'd be interested to follow up with this journalist who followed through on this and see if they are looking into the systemic issues that that are at play here yeah because there are always systemic issues because he didn't operate he wasn't an island onto himself no no no. he had the support of the whole system behind him which is why he got away with whatever he was doing for what i believe to be a long long time not just what did you say a decade probably even longer than that so and being doing um, and being a, a competent um, physician where everybody was looking to have him as their doctor mm-hmm. and doing and doing let's say you have a roster of a hundred patients and and being amazing to 90 of them and then that 10% those are the ones that you want to induce without their consent and so on that's easy to sweep under the rug because yeah. there's a, you don't need to be a butcher to everybody no no, no. 
because then you be nice to just enough people and they'll all support you and they'll say, no, 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 he's awesome. He's amazing. Like they'll come to your defense. It's just exactly. That's what you do. He's a nice guy. Yeah. And then the, well, just those few people who you violate are so overwhelmed by this outpouring of support that they shut up and they go mm-hmm. away. When this first came out, because this is not, I mean, that article was written this week, but this actually came out years last ago. year, a couple, years, a couple ago? years ago. Yes, yes. This isn't the first time I've heard about it. So when this first came out, I was in shock. I was shocked because I myself, I'm not afraid to admit this, I myself have been a massive proponent for him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Encouraging clients too. who were breached yes. to go to him. Yeah. I had a client of his. Mm-hmm. And when we were at so the labor, we walked in. She was five centimeters dilated. I love this. This is the best birth ever. Probably like top five. We walked and we walked and we walked. Now, she was from Hong Kong. She spoke English and her Chinese. language. Mm-hmm. And her husband did not speak any, any English. English at all. Mm-hmm. So we walked in and she was five centimeters we walked and we walked and we walked and we walked for hours while our husband read the newspaper in the room and we walked and we walked and we walked and then we get to the few hours later the nurse says well we're going to check you because we don't think you're really in active labor because really all that was happening is every now and then she'd stop breathe and then we'd walk again Mm -hmm. that was it so the nurses were expecting her to be like drop dead dying and Mm -hmm. and she gets checked and she's nine centimeters. So we're walking a little bit more and then shit kind of got real for her. Yeah. And at that point then she is, she's fully dilated and she's going to push. The doctor that walks in is looking and he's trying to get her, he's trying to get her to push and she did what most moms should do. She went into her primal brain. Mm. Now her primal brain did not speak English. Mm. <laughs> so... And didn't understand English at all. And baby's heart rate was dipping. And the doctor, I could see them start to gown up for C-section because baby wasn't doing well. Mm-hmm. Well, if Dr. Shuen doesn't walk in and his pager goes off and he looks at it and he hands it to the nurse and goes, just tell them I'm at a very uneventful birth. Meanwhile, nurses and doctors are sort of like, oh, boil water. We got to get her. We got to cut this baby out. So he walks in and he sits down in front of her and he goes, speaks to her in Chinese and she pushes. He speaks to her in Chinese again. She pushes. He speaks to her in Chinese again. He cuts a small episiotomy, speaks to her again. She pushes and that baby literally flew out of her. Mm -hmm. He actually had to catch the baby as it popped (laughs) midair. And and that, he saved her from having... A cesarean section. And God knows what he said to her. Reading this probably wasn't consent. But that was like literally one of, that is what I have in my mind of this amazing doctor. And yet now I go back and look behind the curtain and it's all this other horrible stuff. And I think, did she, was she actually in labor on her own? Did he put her in labor? Yeah. Who like, knows now? I now, don't que- know. now there's a question around every single thing that he does. But that's the that's the whole uh, you be nice enough, you be nice enough to enough people. Yeah. Build that reputation 
everybody trusts you, and then you can get get away with just the amount of shit that you need to get away with. He was forty-eight percent of his patients were delivering on the weekend. That's more than a little a bit. That, that's true. right. I mean, I think it may have started and at how 10%. Long? Yeah. But it, it gradually increased to almost half. Mm-hmm. And I have to also say, um, Dr. Shuin, if you haven't gleaned by now, is an Asian man. And many, many of his pa- patients came from the Chinese community. Yes. And this grieves my heart even more. Yes. Because... A lot of those patients were newcomers to Canada yes. and f- probably felt very safe with him because he was a person who spoke their language. Yep. He was a doctor who was familiar with their culture and their traditions and so on. Yep. And and it feels like a bigger violation than... That it if, does to me too. Yeah, than if he was not uh, a Chinese man himself. And, and that, it just puts an extra little bit of anger in it for me because you you not only violated everybody you you did it to your own people and that just just grieves me even more and you felt that you could do it to your own people Mm -hmm. where you you felt that they you could manipulate them better yeah yeah well that's that what's that one doctor the one who always takes on I don't want to say his name. Um, <laughs> but there's the one doc also at North York General. I know who you're talking about. And he always takes on clients that are um, of uh, right East, Eastern European. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay, okay. Also immigrants. Yeah. Um, and Or children uh, of immigrants who have been taught to yes. listen to your doctor. Yes. And I had one time where I had a client of his, and I swear to God, he was so pissed off that I was in the room... That he actually, I saw it happen. He actually held that baby in yeah, you've while about that she before. was pushing, yeah. and then gave her a forcep delivery. Mm-hmm. Same physician, my client. What the hell's wrong with North York General Hospital? At I was fucking born there. <laughs> Sitting in triage with my client, who went in because their water's released. It was twelve hours. They wanted to just listen to baby, make sure all was well, and he was on, and he's their doctor. Mm. Says to my client. You didn't tell me you have a doula while I'm sitting there with them, in front of them. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? And he goes, I don't work with doulas. There is one head of this room. There is one front of this train, and I'm it. Mm-hmm. Son mm-hmm. of a bitch! Yeah. It's not even you, buddy. It's her. Exactly. And I'm like, and he goes, they bring all their essential oils, and they bring all their their stuff into this space it's not even safe and like he's literally well shitting all over doulas shitting down your neck right there (laughs) and and he's like i do all the things they do i stay on the whole time you're in labor exactly anyhow he's so my clients came in and they didn't want to be induced and he wanted to admit them in this and she wanted movement um, she actually had a bad hip, and being still for any period of time put her in mm-hmm. in pain, pain for days. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so when she had asked me for what the suggestions were for induction, I said I sent her the SOGC website, <laughs> which you can no longer access. And I said, here are all the things that are available to you. And she chose one that um, he didn't want her to have, which was, interestingly, misoprostol. Mm-hmm. It is an option for induction where you have a cervix that is ready to go. And she just wanted to know if that was an option, how it was an option, what it would look like. Which basically means you are allowed to, allowed, in quotes, walk around and still have free, you don't need an IV, you don't need all the other things. Mm -hmm. Um, But you should be monitored because it can go from zero to 100 very quickly. Yes. 
Um, and he went out of his, she ended up getting it because she refused to have Pitocin. She's like, I don't mind. I can't be tied down to things. I can't be immobilized. It will hurt me for days. And he wasn't hearing that because it wasn't what he wanted. But eventually she won out. Um, not because I think she was actually that committed to it. I think it was just simply that he had tried to refuse it of her and tried to make decisions yeah. for her yeah. without her consent. Mm -hmm. And same thing. He and he pulled me aside to talk to me. I'm like, I don't know what your problem is. Yeah, I'm sitting he here. He did. He pulled you aside to talk to you. to talk to me. Oh, oh shit, Paul! I would have, I would have shit my pants at that point and probably walked away crying. No, I asked him what his problem was. I said, you don't even know me. Mm -hmm. he said I've been hired by a family to help them move physically through labor because she has a bad hip mm -hmm. and she wants to not feel trapped in her body while mm -hmm. she's in labor, and. And he's like, well, did you bring this? Did you bring that? And he goes, and are you going to sit here and speak for them? Why does she even know about misoprostol? I said, it's from your fucking Why website. Why does she even know about misoprostol? Yes. I said, it's your website, Because actually. you, the bad influencer, <laughs> has been t giving her information that he didn't want her to have. Yeah. Oh, my God. That, and that was essentially it. In the end... Um, Again, and during this conversation, he's like, I'm not going to make you push on your back. I'm not going to make you do that. I do all of those things. Um, just, I, he goes, I'm just like a midwife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have water in my mouth. Anyhow, she, she ended Spit up. Spit take. She was on her hands and knees. What was interesting is when she's, we were, got out of the tub because she's having the deep guttural roll. Yeah. I'm like, okay, here we I go. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Teetle toddle, teetle toddle. Um. Actually, we didn't even teetle-tottle that fast. I had to call her husband. I still apologize for saying, hey, you, because I was so overwhelmed by the size of her perineum bulging out. Oh, shit. That I was like, I snapped twice at him because I couldn't remember his name. Like, hey, Garcon, hey, you. Garcon, you. <laughs> you. Exactly. To get her other arm because I was sure she was going to drop to her knees as soon as we stepped out of that tub, those weird tubs at North York, and uh, got to the thing, and she gets on her hands and knees. And again, he had to reiterate his amazingness as he comes in, and she's on her hands and knees, like one knee down, one knee up, and he goes, "See, I'm even gonna let you push like this. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna you, let you push, push like, like this. this. Nice guy. Yeah. And of course, baby was born, and he passed baby underneath to her, and we helped her turn over and stuff. And again, he you have a picture of that, yes. of him underneath, like looking up at her perineum. Yeah. And when you showed that, I was like, "Are you?" fucking kidding me yeah i would never have in a million years guessed that that guy would do that no and he but he was only he doing was, it to he prove was a trying point. To, i was just gonna he say was, yeah that's right he was doing it to prove a point yeah and, and he probably never did it again and and we'll never know if he did it again like no. he, he's you know he's still a physician there but that is the culture that bred dr shuin yes that bread you are above that bread you yes. get to decide yes for your clients yes Yes, right? that bread. You don't need to have all the information. Why does she That's even know about That's my job to have all the information. I'm the head of this. I'm the boss. I get to direct this. I'm the engineer. I'm the driver. So if I decide that you're going to have your baby on this day with this agent inside your cervix, that's my decision, not yours, and you don't need to know. That's right. That's, wow. that's what they believe in, these bullshit laws that talk about patient consent and all of that. I can just override that a little bit every now and then that's that's, right. that's the culture of a lot of them that's the, their brain culture and even with consent though in a case like that let's say let's say he laid absolutely everything out even with 
consent. There will be the people who feel most comfortable not making decisions, but mm-hmm. it's their choice to not yes. make a decision. Mm-hmm. That is their that is their choice. That is That's their right. consent to not just, decide. Yeah, mm-hmm. to leave it to yes. say I don't know enough. I'm really not interested in knowing enough I assume you know enough I assume you're going to do the best for me and I'm going to be okay with that Mm -hmm. and that's okay too that's not what's being said but if you're taking it away or if you're even specifically saying you can't do that you're wrong you're you're practicing wrong and you're breeding the concept that you get to choose no you get to recommend you get to consult you get to do all of those things you get to build a relationship with your client you don't get to decide. Yeah. Except right now, you do. Right in, now, in the culture case. of mm-hmm. lack of consent, mm-hmm. yeah. you do, you often, you coerce with your um, words. I went to uh, Birthright's workshop oh, right, yes. on Monday night. Yeah. So, <clears throat> was it the person, birth justice? Birth justice, I believe, is what it was actually called. Right. Um, so the person who presented or facilitated the workshop, the discussion, kind of laid out on a PowerPoint what your patient, the actual legal patient's rights and responsibilities are, and caregivers' rights and responsibilities, and what those are, and then you know we had a discussion around those, you know, several of those points. You will not believe how many questions people had. So how about if? This and this and this situation yeah. happens and comes up. Can you can you say no to that? Can you is this allowed? And the the facilitator over and over and over they said, you can say no to anything. Like I was just like, just press record and just say, yeah. you can say no to anything. Yeah. <laughs> you are allowed to receive anything that's recommended to you. And uh, they also said. If you say no, you now have the responsibility of knowing why you're saying no. Yes. Yes. So if your caregiver recommends something and you say, no, I don't want that, you need to know why you're saying no to that thing. You And you need to take responsibility for if the caregiver says, okay, True. that's fine, then we won't do this thing and leaves. And then something happens as a consequence of you saying no, then that's... That's your responsibility. Yeah. So there are rights and there are responsibilities. And over and over, people kept asking, can we we say no to this? You can say no to anything. Just be smart about what you say no to and what you say yes to. So so there's a piece of it, too. So there's informed consent and informed refusal. Yes, yes. And we, as consumers which is what we are of the healthcare system. Yes. We're consumers. We're not just passive recipients of, you know, mercy from our glorious caregivers. As consumers, just like if you're going to go buy a new car, you're going to ask questions. And if, if, if the car salesman says to you, oh, I'm just going to put in this and that, these bells and whistles, and you don't want it, are you going to just sit there and say passively, okay? okay. No, you're going to say, no, I don't want that. Yep. Say, isn't your body is is just <laughs> just as important as your car? <laughs> even more, <laughs> even important. more important than your car. And you can say no to anything. Yeah. That people need to understand that. Educate yourself and and know what questions to ask. Go in with an attitude that you are collaborating with this person. They know more than you. They've got more experience than you. But they're not God. No, they're not your. 
um, they don't have authority over you, even though they are in a position of authority and power. You don't have to have that attitude when you go into a consult with a doctor. Yeah. You're a grown-ass person, and you can decide what goes in your mouth and doesn't go in your mouth. <laughs> That's right. And it's not a bad attitude to have. It's, it's not a bad it's attitude to have. to have a great collaboration with your physician yes. of yes. understanding. Wouldn't that be amazing? It's not even a consultation. It's a collaboration. collaboration. Let's talk about what you know. Right. Let's talk about what I know. Let's talk about how I feel about it. Let's talk about how you feel about it. Because maybe you're seeing things in the distance I'm not seeing. I'd love to know. Yeah. You know? I remember something that my midwife... Well, she's not my midwife anymore. But my midwife, <laughs> my midwife um, who delivered my last three babies, she said to me... I don't remember at what point she said it to me. But she said to me one day, um, listen... There is nothing that I should know about your health that you don't know. Yes. Because I, I, maybe I made a comment about how she spent so much time explaining to me the blood tests. You know, mm -hmm. doctors often don't spend enough time going through this. Yep, everything looks good. And then they that's it. But she went through, here are your iron levels. Here are what they're supposed to be. Here's what they are. And, and going through all. So that's how I understand now what the little symbols and mm -hmm. abbreviations on blood tests mean because she sat down with me and went through all of them and I might have experienced uh, expressed like appreciation for that and she said listen there's nothing that I should know about your health that you don't know mm -hmm. why, why in the world should I know what your exactly what your iron levels are and you not know if mm -hmm. you don't want to hold that information in your mind or it's not important to you that's fine but I'm gonna tell you mm -hmm. because it's your body it's your health so yeah. Keep that in mind. When I was planning my breech birth, um, which was a VBAC as well, and of course it was going to be at home, um, I had, who was I, I was speaking with a care provider, but I don't think they were my care provider. And I don't even know how it came up because I kept, I didn't keep it a secret. It's just my business, right? Mm -hmm. But it came up in front of this care provider and I remember them, oh, I think I was at a birth. Oh, okay. And, um... It came up, well, you know, if anything goes wrong, that's on you. And I turned to her and I said, if anything goes right, it's on me. If anything goes wrong, it's on me. No one goes home with this baby except me. Mm -hmm. No one stays home with this baby except me. I said, if I walked into a hospital and admitted to everything people wanted to do to me, that would still be on me because that was my choice. Mm -hmm. I said, there's no more on me because I'm choosing to stay home and yeah. have my baby shoot out of my vagina. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> that's, it's on me. Mm -hmm. And she kind of had, I think, a little aha moment. She didn't openly agree with me, but no. it's like, of course yeah. Not. Of course not. Because it changed what she was thinking there. And honestly, based on what we've seen from the College of Physicians and Surgeons, even if I agreed to everything they said and it was technically supposed to be on them, it's not fucking on them. Nope. No, it's not. Nope. Because nothing ends up on their record. Mm -hmm. I will say this. There are things on female physician records on there. Hmm? that seem to get reported, made sure they're reported on when we're talking about obstetricians. Mm -hmm. I have heard more about record keeping for female obstetrician complaints. Mm -hmm. Than for male. Than for male. Really? Oh, interesting. Absolutely. When things are written down, when things are reported, and I'm thinking of one in particular, which is the one that kind of triggered me to go looking. Um, when I've heard just through the grapevine that a complaint a meeting, a concern was lodged with an obstetrician who is male, and it didn't make it for some reason to the College of Physicians or Surgeons, or someone's deciding between those two places that it doesn't need to be recorded 
because wow. all of these meetings that Mr. Schuman was pulled pulled aside for yeah. should have been recorded yes. as grievances, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. Um, you know, some sort of something written up on him, mm-hmm. not just this fellow saying, "Well, I pulled him aside." Well, I pulled him aside. Well, I pulled him aside. Mm-hmm. You know, but I can tell you that for this particular obstetrician, she has been nailed to the wall. Everything she's done was recorded. Everything she's done was reported. Everything she's done is known now. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, and this goes back to Dr. Schoen as well. If there is a substance abuse thing going on, which is what's been happening, mm-hmm. it is your friends, it is your colleagues, it is your family mm-hmm. who need to fucking step up. Yes. Mm-hmm. You are selling an addict mm-hmm. down the road to cover up for your Falls mm-hmm. to cover up for your failures to let someone else take the bag because no one cared enough to step up and get you help. Mm-hmm. No one cared enough to step up and say this physician has an addiction issue and needs to not be on on rotation any longer. Mm-hmm. People need and to be cutting doing that people shit. open and cutting people open or Jesus. pulling babies Ouch. or doing or being on when they shouldn't be on. I mean, really, that just comes back to the fucking twenty four hour being on call shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about the fact how many are probably popping uh, yeah, ECA mm-hmm. and stuff like yeah. that? Like, just to stay up and then things to go down. Yeah. 24 fucking hours. Yeah. How safe is that? Mm-hmm. But isn't, I thought there was 12 now. Nurses are 12. Nurses are 12 for sure, but I don't know what doctors are. I thought are. doctors were 12 too. No. I mean, I've been at a birth where at the 12 hour mark, they're heading out and the new one's coming in. And the last birth I was at, 9 a.m. to 9 a.m.? I'm, really? I, I've mm-hmm. never been able to keep track of um, doctor shift hours ever. I know for sure the nurses, nurses shift 12. hours, yeah. but I don't know what doctors are. You say it's 24. Yeah, at Sin- mm-hmm. the birth I was at Sinai, it was, she's on from 9 Why are they, to are they more? Are they more human? Are they more superhuman I than nurses? I thought hospital it was 12. I mean, come on. No, I've, I've always known that it's been more than 12 for doctors, hmm. but I wasn't sure. Is it 16? Is it 18? I think it's It's 24 still. It's crazy that it's 24. Well, they've got to have good long breaks. Well, I mean, they they go lay down, right? Yeah, they go sleep. Or pop some pills. Who knows? No one's popping a baby. They go lay down. There's the. Do we have any doctor listeners? Come write us. If we do, they're probably American. And if we do, they're They're probably probably not anymore. (laughs) But, you know, there's so many times when I see these things. The understory, the things that are being left unsaid, is that there is some sort of self-treatment going on that no one was helping them with. Yeah. Because that's why it became so fucking obvious Mm -hmm. that things were happening. Because you're telling yourself stories Mm -hmm. about why you're doing this, why it's okay. Yeah. Addiction, man. And Mm -hmm. and I'm sorry, but these people are being failed and people are sweeping it under the rug. And then in doing so, you're feeling everyone who's in their care. Unless and, they're very I mean, good at hiding last, it, too. Last word, because we're over an hour. We, I also don't want people to get the impression that we're saying, that we're, again, doing this sort of victim-blaming thing, saying that you need to ask the right questions, you need to educate yourself, you need to be informed, and you need to go in with this attitude, because then if, if, a, if a doctor does end up being shitty and violating you, it, it doesn't mean that it's your fault. Never. Ever. Ever. No, ever. ever. It doesn't mean it's your fault because we all were raised in a culture where we were not told 
too. So this is new information for us to be telling birthing people nowadays. Ask questions, be informed, yeah. take part, you know, in your own healthcare. It's your body and, and so on. That's new information for most of us. Yeah. Most of us were raised to listen. believe that, to listen and do what we're told and not question and, and, and so on. Many of us still hold on to a lot of that and have to actively overcome that in order to. And then there's situations, individual situations, where you're in like pain and yeah. you're alone and so on. Like so later. it's not <laughs> this person who has your health information, has the experience and the expertise to do surgery or to perform procedures on your body, they hold that certain amount of power mm -hmm. and it is up to them to wield that power appropriately. Yes. And you cannot always be vigilant. You cannot always. So in those areas where you can't, ideally what we want is for our caregivers to have our best interest at heart and to do the right thing. And if they don't, that is not your fault. No, absolutely that is not, not. Not your fault. Absolutely so it's kind of like not. I hear people say, like when we advise, like I'll tell my daughter, do not get off the bus at this bus stop. Um, and instead of that bus stop, because it's dark and it's creepy, and you have to walk through bushes and all that. Don't do that when it's past uh, when this after dark. Don't do it. And so people say, yeah, well, it's not her fault. You're making it seem like if she walks there and she gets attacked, then it's her fault. No. I'm giving, no, her, information. I'm giving her information to keep her safer. Yes. So don't walk in certain places at night. Don't do this. Don't do that. I'm trying to keep her safer. It's not victim blaming because I know that this, it's out there that we might, that's what it might sound like, but that's not what. You are simply deserving of information that yeah. helps you make good decisions. Yeah. And you shouldn't be afraid to ask for that information. No, but that's where coming from yeah. the old way of thinking, asking for information feels to many women, yes. Yes. to many persons, yeah. that they're questioning you are, or cr you're criticizing. Authority. Yeah. Doctors yeah, are not an authority, authority on you. No. no. They are an authority in the sense of gathering information for you. Yeah. They can access information for you. They can access. But they're not authority over you. you. No. That's right. Like your teachers were in school. Yeah. It's no. not the same relationship. Well, we, when we taught at that other hospital up, um, I was <laughs> up there. Up there. Um, I was accused one time when I went through, you know, brain and, and informed consent and whatnot. Um, what's her name came to me and said, well, you're telling uh, the them doctors, to to, you're telling them to question. Yeah. So even now in my classes, I say, look, I've been accused in this section of telling you to question your doctor. Yeah. That isn't what I'm saying. Yeah. What I'm saying is ask your doctor questions. That's a huge difference. Understand and your you health. you need to understand what's yeah. happening to you so that this isn't going to come back and bite you in the ass in your physical recovery mm -hmm. and your emotional recovery. Because mm -hmm. postpartum depression is, is going to come out of this too. Yeah. That supervisor was afraid. Yes. She was so fear, 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 fear. Yeah. She, I got in trouble for telling my class that they could refuse prophylaxis. I mean, this was a while ago before yeah. it was freely. Now they're like, you want it? You don't want it? Okay. And Whatever. that's that. But back then I told my class, yeah, you can say no. And oh my, then one, somebody in my class went to their doctor and said, the prenatal instructor said we could say no. They took umbrage with that, spoke to her and she came to me and said, no, we can't tell them that. And I said, but isn't it true? Mm -hmm. Yes, but if we say that to them, then they're gonna, <laughs> it's going to make them think that something is wrong with it and why, and they're going to start questioning and it'll be this whole thing. And I'm like, and? 
Yeah. That's not oh. the way they oh. wanted things oh. to go. They're going to question and, and actually get yes. informed yes. consent. Yeah. And some How people crazy. will say yes, and some people will say no, and that's and that. Yes. So how about you put something in place that yeah. helps them understand why they might want to say yes or no? Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, Too much information. You know, in that article, um, to wrap up for Dr. Shewin, is I think there's one part that really really I mean there's so many parts that grabbed me yeah but I could almost feel the the disappointment the cloak of sadness mm -hmm. that must have <clears throat> because I've worked with them so often that must have come off of Dr. John Barrett having mm -hmm. to sit with mm -hmm. Dr. Schuen mm -hmm. and sit in that uncomfortable mm -hmm. sadness that yep. uncomfortable disappointment yeah that someone that is at that level of knowledge and yeah. practice. And I wonder, is he also not just disappointed in him, disappointed in that whole system mm -hmm. yeah. that brought his colleague to yeah, him to this in a broken place? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that you have to not just see this as a sadness for the loss for the people. This is a sadness of a system mm -hmm. yeah. that allowed this to happen. And people often ask me why I, I do births at Sunnybrook. And I've seen more assumption of discussion there than anywhere else. Like I've seen more, you know, we're just, just not too long ago, we were out of birth, that was an induction. And you know, every half an hour until contractions are normal, they kind of explain it at the beginning, um, they up it by mm -hmm. one to two mm -hmm. um, until we find the pattern. Because the goal is to get you into labor. Mm -hmm. um, and my client did not have an epidural. She was still moaning and dropping it low beside the bed and all of these things. and. The nurse came in and jokingly said, it, it's, we're at the half an hour mark. Do you have any questions? Is there anything I need to know before we go up? And she goes, yeah, can I know if we can stop that shit now? Mm -hmm. And she goes, would you really like an opportunity to take a break and stop your Pitocin for a while? Do you need a break? Or we can just leave it here mm -hmm. if you need a break. And I was looking around, I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Because mm -hmm. usually it's like, no, we have to go up every half an hour, and we have yeah. to make sure we get you into labor so we can get you this baby. You need to be in pain. She didn't even talk about the baby. Mm -hmm. And often I hear that all the time. It's all about making sure the baby's okay, making sure this is happening, making sure this is happening. And she says, if you need a break, we got nowhere to be. We mm -hmm. can just stop it. Is that what you're asking me? And my client's like, "Fuck no! I want to have my baby. I'm just, I'm just she's talking just talk trying to express. I'm just talking about yeah. shit." And the last thing the nurse said was, "And she didn't. This is one of the nurses who is not my biggest fan. She's mm -hmm. not a big fan of doulas in general, I mm -hmm. think. But she said, you just need to know that if there's a no that needs to come out of your mouth, then we're gonna listen.'" Mm -hmm. And I was like, motherfucker, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. But that is my norm there often. Mm -hmm. um, and it's nice, you know, we talked about the residence experience with your client mm -hmm. and the talking over and the, yeah. you know, you have to. I've seen a couple of the physicians there have to rein in who are obviously newer residents yes. in their communication style because of that. It's like, no, 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 that's not what's happening here. Yeah. Um, but I've, And I've seen that more so with Dr. Bear than, than almost anybody else. But I think that is, people don't leave bad jobs, they leave bad management. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right? And I think people don't leave bad jobs, they leave bad culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... I am shocked. There's people that stayed in the system that 
that God, Dr. Shilomari is because it served them. Yes. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah. You know? 100%. And I feel yeah. horrible for the people who work in that system and probably don't have the choice to leave because of, let's, let's say it, finances. Yeah. You, if you're getting paid well, it is very easy to look the other way. Or you don't family feel to that they have the voice to or make a change. don't have the voice. Yeah. yeah. There's so much pain going on over there now. And I'm probably just projecting because I have pain related to thinking of all the people coming in and out of the hospital mm-hmm. in the shadow of this. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. Well, if anybody's interested in reading the actual article, can we put a, a link to yeah, it or yeah, on, yeah. The, Absolutely. on our face, uh, Instagram? Instagram. Yeah. Um, it's a Toronto Life magazine. I think it was July. July 24th. 24th. Yeah. So, I really hope yeah. this shakes things up. I mean, I do my hope is that this. I mean, of course, that's up. the best we can hope is that this is some sort of catalyst for change. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that that radiates to all across the city. Oh, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, this has all been right. a very, very heavy subject. Heavy. So. Are you depressed yet? Well, I'm sad. Are you like I'm really angry. bummed out now? I'm angry. Angry. More angry than anything. Mm-hmm. But that's just yeah. my way. <laughs> and that's okay. I, I, I. Go between the two. Like I go from like a deep, deep hurtful sadness to this deep, deep anger, mm-hmm. because we're in it, because it's still happening. Yeah. So, yeah. Just maybe we. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah. This has been a pretty a heavy long, duty. heavy discussion, very, very heavy. and we had planned on doing a birth story, but that birth story is a little bit heavy, also. also. Heavy. So sure. maybe we should not do that because. My God, like how much deeper in the pit do we want you to be? You know, know. and I mean, Um, we're certainly going to be broaching topics again that are going to be heavy, but I think that's. But hey, we're the pragmatic doulas. That's what we do. That's what life is all about. Sometimes it's heavy, hard shit, and sometimes it's it's not. So you gotta take all of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So before we close out, I want to stop, or I want to end with one more kind of little heavy thing, but really just a shout out. on a, a recent doula board, just yesterday, actually. Um, I don't even want to go on those anymore, to be honest. There's a lovely doula by the name of, and I'm probably butchering this, Asia. Mm-hmm. And she shared with us that she had a very upsetting experience at a birth. She had gone to see her client who was being induced, and she had been called in by that client. Did you guys read this? No, no. I don't go on those anymore. I can't. It I, breaks I only, my heart. Every few days, so I miss a lot. She walked in. In reverence, she walked in. It was very quiet in the room, so she kept herself quiet. She greeted the midwife. She greeted her clients, and she greeted her client's mother. The mother did not respond, but she didn't think anything of it. She just thought it was a quiet room. The 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 mother of the parent, the birthing person, okay, was sitting in the room, and she didn't respond. The the client's mother didn't respond. But you know, often when we walk into a revered room mm-hmm. yeah. there's a tense mother mm-hmm. in the corner <laughs> and sometimes just you know hyper focused in any case um the mother once she sat down quietly herself the doula the mother of the client came and tapped her and said can she speak to her in the hallway mm-hmm. and here is what happened oh shit here we go here we go sorry <laughs> client's mom Sorry, client's mom got up and asked to speak with me in the hallway. First, she told me to disinfect myself. Then she told me she didn't want me praying. I have no idea why she thought or made that assumption that I was praying. Then she told me she did not 
she would not let my Muslim ways ruin the birth of her grandchild. She then told me my daughter liked me, but she did, but she did not, and that I needed to leave. I told her that her daughter would like me there, but said that if, if I didn't leave, then she would. So the, the uh, mother. The grandmother. Yeah. I went back to the room to speak to the client, but the mother of the client started saying loudly that I had to leave and to take my stuff and get out. I told my client I really wanted to be there with her and for her, but did not want to put her in the position where she felt she needed to choose between me and her mother. I didn't want to have her to have to um, experience any negativity around her birth. She then apologized for any stress she'd caused and left. I am a visibly practicing the the, the doula left. Okay. I'm a visibly practicing Muslim. I wear a headscarf, and it was very clear with the mother that the mother of the client did not approve of this. I'd met with the client and her boyfriend three times during prenatals. They're lovely people. Took absolutely no exception with my faith or my appearance. Of course not. So she is very saddened to have experienced such hatred and racism. I just want to send our love, our support, our fucking anger at this ignorance Ignorance. that you just had to walk into in your world mm-hmm. as a doula, in your world as a Muslim woman, in your professional Capacity. life, to have to experience this ugliness. Mm-hmm. It is, it is fucking ugly. It is, unaf- yeah. it is disgusting. Mm-hmm. And I am so, so sorry, my doula sister, that you had to experience this at what is, I'm sure, what you love to do. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm so sorry she sullied this for you. She dirtied it. She disrespected yeah. you. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm so sorry for the client that, yes. that she has in the middle of like her in the labor of time. had yeah. to go through that and to make that decision between someone she trusted and someone she felt probably should have trusted, but turned out that her mother was a horrible individual. Yes, she were a horrible person. That's the bottom line. This isn't about you being racist, you being prejudiced, you being anything. You're just a fucking horrible person. You used her Muslim appearance. You used her color. You used how she presents herself in this world to further your own agenda as an ignorant motherfucker. Is this in the States? Um, I didn't check. I don't know if that makes a difference to me. If it happens here, it it feels worse. It does. It feels Um, much more violating here. And this is the atmosphere where Islamophobia where xenophobia is allowed to be so blatantly like the nerve of the woman to feel like she could come to go to another person to say I don't like you because of your religion and I want you out of here even though I've never met you I don't, I don't know, know anything, anything about, about you. you but I don't want you here like, and my child has chosen and my you chi- and my yes my daughter has chosen you to be here but I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel like that the, the the audacity that she feels that those feelings of hers are valid enough to voice to somebody's face Makes me insane. Like I don't, I don't even have any words. But I, I'm very sorry that you had to go through that. What was her name? Asia. A A S I Y A. Doing your doula shit, and don't let this one individual bring you down, tear you down. You have something to give to families, and you go out there and do that. And take us all with you. Yeah, we are and all know with you. we are in your back pocket. 
to all the support time. you all the time and rise you up the way you're we're, that we as human beings are supposed to do for other people. Yeah. Fuck yeah. that shit. Call us. Call us. Fuck that Fuck shit. That noise. Yeah. We're with you, sister. All right. Woo! Oh my gosh. I need to go shower because I just feel so gross. <laughs> all oh, of this. Did I wear deodorant? I put it on. <laughs> Oh my I god! Did last night right. did not. Great, so and we didn't even we didn't even need a pee break because we just went straight through. Yes. And I think All we right. yeah we are not going to do this story because that is enough heaviness. Yeah, that's yeah. enough heaviness. I think for for, for today. one day. We'll do that story another day. Yes. Okay. But do send your stories, please, and thank All of you. them. We love them. Birth please. stories. Why do you labor stories? Lab? Pregnant stories, conception stories. Your favorite Tell bakery us all in of the greater Toronto area. Yeah, <laughs> things you find in the wall. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> look, look. Tell She's us everything. Desperate for a something desperate for found something. in the wall story. I really so want. If you've got it. Send it. I, I have a something, but not today. No. I have something found in the wall story. So yeah, send us all of your all of your stories and um, parenting stories, crazy yeah. things your toddlers say and stuff. I have some crazy ass parenting. Shit there you go. To tell. So um, don't forget to rate, rate review, review, and subscribe. And remember to tell a friend. Tell all your friends. And uh, she told two friends. And, and she, she told, told two, two friends. friends. And, and so on. And so on. Oh, isn't this the episode where we should, like, we did it on Instagram, but we're at five. Oh, yes, Rouse. 5,000. Downloads. Downloads. Actually, we're at, like, over, we're at 5,044 now or okay. something like that. Just moving on. We got 100 before on Wednesday, Wednesday. which oh is God. like... Yeah, I'm growing. Nice. We're growing, you guys. I was very excited to have a hundred for the week, and now we yes. are beyond that. Yeah. I'm so happy. Thank you, guys, so much. Yeah, that's great. We All feel right. like movie stars. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. Take care. All right. Bye. Next week. Have a good Bye. week. Bye.